that their play on the field put them toward the back of the line. Kaiser doesn't see him. Ball is out. There always seems to be one team further behind. All right, gang, welcome to the Brown Notes podcast, where we let them rip on the Cleveland Browns. My name is Scott. And this is Rico. So I got a pretty important question for you, Scott, my friend. You ready for this one? So the Browns are two and two without Deshaun Watson. Today, Signature win, by the way, against Baltimore in Baltimore. We talked about that last week where um, we're going to see who Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski really are. And I'm going to ask you about that, too. But I wanted to ask you, they won this game with no offensive tackles, um, a really shitty first half. At what point in time is Kevin Stefanski talked about in the coach of the year situation? Uh, I don't care about that. Award. You don't care about that? Do, no. do you think it's going to be brought up at all? I, I could not care. As a fan of the Browns, maybe I'm an anomaly, but I couldn't care less about that recognition or Kevin Stefanski getting an award for Coach of the Year. doesn't matter to me. It'll probably be Dan Campbell, I guess, but guys who win this award typically win it and then are fired three years later. So it doesn't, I don't know, man. It doesn't matter to me. Okay, so let's get to the, the to the topic at hand. So, this was a pretty well, stop, big win. Stop. Well, I mean, that's all. I mean, stop. Uh, no, it's not all. What What do you think of your own question? Uh, you answer I, well, your own question. How about that? All right, let me answer my own question. I feel like if they win next week, then he is legitimately needs to be in this discussion for for coach of the year. Obviously, he already won it once back when he was here during COVID year. Ultimately, I agree with you. It doesn't mean jack shit because wins and losses are what's really important. And he, he could win coach of the year, but they they could just fart out in the playoffs and it doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, uh, in my opinion, if he wins next week, he's a legitimate coach of the year candidate. But to your point, I completely agree with you that ultimately it doesn't matter. Um, I just wanted to see if you had any viewpoints on that, but yeah, I mean, it's all going to depend on next week for, for that discussion anyway. Um, do we know who these guys are? Does this game tell us who Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski are? Remember we said that last week, this game and next week are going to really tell us who these guys are. Do we know now? I don't know that you can answer that question. I think it's, I think if there's anything we learn from watching the Browns and watching the NFL in general, it's just a week by week thing. You know, I don't know that until you win a Super Bowl, I don't know that anyone's like arrived. I think in any given week, you could maybe, uh, 
next week who knows they go out and lay an egg and then we're all just like what went wrong oh my god these guys are idiots or they go out and win and we're like oh my gosh when are we giving out awards i just it's week to week um i'm just what gosh man they looked so shitty in the first half they are really they're they're i can't deshaun watson played rico second yeah rico yeah come on man you're coming in here hammering on questions can we just have a minute to exhale and live in the moment and like we just this was a big game a big deal this might have been the biggest win the browns have had as a franchise since uh, being reborn in 1999 can we just like say just for a minute it was a gigantic win. I'm super happy that they won today. My heart felt like it was going to explode out of my chest for three hours today. I was ready to turn the TV off a few different times, actually. I think I texted you. Um, and I've heard other people talk about this, too. Uh, if somebody mentioned it on the radio today after the game where where he, he called ball game in the first quarter. And I remember texting you with 10 minutes left in the first quarter ball game when they went down 14-0. And so I was just utterly disgusted for the entire first half, and I was ready to turn this game off. But, man, they I, – I, can you – because I have no idea. I was a little legitimately was wondering if you could – if you had an idea on what the hell happened between the first half and into the second quarter where – light bulbs went on all of a sudden what what do you think happened what was the thing that that flipped the script on this game because i really don't know i don't know i mean i i i don't care it's it flipped i have no like breathtaking analysis it's going to shed any light on it all i can do is watch the games and at the end i say to myself okay we're seeing a pattern here. We're seeing a pattern with the Browns with Baker Mayfield. You saw a pattern. They would score every opening drive, the scripted drive in the Baker era. They would score a touchdown. Oftentimes they'd build up leads in the first half and then attempt to sit on them. And then the game would get frustratingly close or too close at the end. Um, we would see a pattern where they would score and the offense would click very well in the first half. And then, under Baker Mayfield and that era of the Browns, they would not be able to score in the second half and they would not be able to put games away. And like the last three possessions of a game would result in punts. If you recall, the the Browns just seemingly could not score in the second half. Now it's like the opposite with Deshaun Watson. The team is frustrating in the first half, but we're seeing a pattern that really started with the Washington game last year. Now we're seeing it again this year in these wins with Deshaun Watson, where they sputter in the first half, which is the exact opposite of the Mayfield era, and then put it together in the second half. I mean, the last, you know, if it's a 60 minute game, right. And the first 50 minutes are super frustrating, but those last 10, all of a sudden the Browns are looking really good, but you know what? That's when it matters. And that's, that's why they're winning these games that they lost with Baker Mayfield. They're winning them now. So I'm okay with it. I mean, if it takes them a little while to find their sea legs, as long as they're playing their best ball at the end of the game and and their defense is going to keep them, you know, within striking distance, I think they'll be able to win games. 
I think there's a couple things in the first half that may have gotten things going. Um, the one, uh, I, I, don't, I think you listened to the game and did not watch it, correct? Yeah, I had to listen to it today, and then I got uh, was able to sit back and watch some highlights later today. Yeah, so did you see the highlight of the Cedric Tillman block early in, I think it was the second quarter maybe? It was in the first half, though, for sure. Did you see a highlight of that? It was, I think... Uh, I did, yeah. Real... Yeah, I think that started it all. I think that was that that block that kind of maybe flipped some light bulbs on. Um but man, I, I tell you what, I, to your point before, like last season, I remember us talking in the past how it, I, we wished that that some halftime adjustments could be made so that the second half they didn't just you know so that they could finish off games. How many times did they take leads into the third and fourth quarter and didn't finish games off? And and what we're seeing this year is a team that's making some adjustments at halftime and finishing games off. Finally, I think that's phenomenal. Um, how about that run at the, at the end where they were driving down and they handed it off. I think it was Jerome Ford and they had that, that rugby style thing that they, yeah. they had like the entire offense, push him another five yards yeah. down the field. Thought well, that was amazing. I think that's just like physicality. And I think you saw that from Kareem hunt. You saw yeah. that from Njoku when he was fighting for extra yards. You saw it when the entire offensive line enveloped Ford and just pushed him forward for another 10 yards, it seemed. I mean, they just, there was just, and we've seen this in other games where people have remarked on the radio where the Browns were playing like a Mike Tomlin team at times and they're just seeing the team be physical which is something that has frankly cost browns teams in the past when they just haven't been the team that brought a heightened level of physicality listen if you tune into this thing with any regularity you know i had total faith that the browns would come out and win this football game you know that I had total faith and have never said a bad thing about Ford and the guy was, uh, he, did, he had his best game as a Brown today. Um, dude, I have been in the Browns corner. I said that they would win these next two games against the Ravens and the uh, Steelers. I, um, it should come as no surprise to faithful listeners of this podcast that the Browns came out and did what they did today because I have been such a believer that it would play out exactly as it did today. Oh, for sure. I mean, you've said this entire time that they were going to for all week, you've been saying they were going to go out and win against Baltimore. That's not a surprise. Um, this is something you basically called last weekend when we talked about the win over Arizona. Oh, and, yeah. and I and I and I agreed with you. I said for sure they're gonna win. So I mean I this isn't you know, this is something that we both predicted. So I it's not like I'm super surprised about it, and neither are you. No, so, no, I mean Totally not surprised at all. I'll never. I did not, not say. Yeah, go ahead. I'll go never ahead. not be surprised by a, a Browns win. I think they could go on a, a New England England Patriots style run and rack up you know six Super Bowls, and I would still anticipate you know the worst. That's just kind of 
you know, the nature of my fandom. It's like, I, I can only go by what I see to quote a friend and I've seen nothing but failure. So I've been, uh, I've been conditioned to expect that. So yeah. I mean, so hence, the, hence the start of this podcast where instead of, you know, getting on this being bandwagon thing, I just had a few kind of battered Browns fans questions uh, because I'm conditioned to just look at the dark side of things when it comes to my football team. And thank you for pulling me out of that because this is an important win and it should be celebrated. So thank you for that. Well, I think um, it's okay to have a little bit of fun with it. I don't have any answers for any of your questions. I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know if this team's for real. I just know that they have today done something that we have not seen Browns teams do in recent history, and that is they mounted a furious comeback against a really, really, really good football team on the road. We had to watch Kevin Stefanski give his victory, his shitty victory speech in the visitor's locker room. <laughs> Did you see that thing? It looked like a high school locker room. It was like white walls and little teeny lockers. It, was it did. Terrible. It did. His... <laughs> I don't think the Browns do him any favors putting his victory speeches on the uh, on YouTube. For one thing, I'm not an NFL player. Um, I've never played organized football, no surprise. But I just I I don't know, man. I grew up with Marty Schottenheimer. There's a gleam, man. Uh, Kevin Stefanski sits there after an emotional win with a five by three index card in his hand, reading stats. And like stats are fine, but I think there's probably a, a place for stats like in the classroom and Berea later in the week. And in that moment, you know, it's okay to be emotional. You know, you can go over the stats whenever you're doing like classwork later in the, in the week, but ah, uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, if you, 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 you and I both watch this one. This is a gigantic win. They were down 24 to 9 in the third quarter. Deshaun Watson went 14 for 14 for 134 yards in a touch in the second half. And what does Kevin Stefanski do in his victory speech? He tries to keep everybody in perspective. Hey, it's just one game, guys. Now let's worry about the next one. How about just let's have the moment. Let the moment breathe a little bit instead of it's not time for perspective. It's perspective is tomorrow after you're done watching film. Today is let's let's get excited about a really great win in Baltimore, where Kevin Stefanski at all have had a lot of trouble winning away games, especially coming off a of victory, the back to back thing, and an away game on that back to back. That's more times than not would have been a loss. Now, this is the best team in the, one of the best teams in the NFL right now, and you beat them on their own on their own in their own yard, and 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 you want to keep guys in perspective for the next week. Hey, there's just one game, guys. Let's just keep it. No man, get excited. Like punch the locker or something. Let let him let him get excited. Christ, he's a best. robot, and those victory speeches are terrible. The best part with today's victory speech is where he tried to pretend like he didn't know who next week's opponent was. <laughs> it was so, it came off as so fucking fake. Like he doesn't know they have this. He's like, he's like, it's one game, win one. And, you know, we got to play, you know, next week's game is the most important of your life. And I don't even know who it is. And it's like, oh, yeah, dude. Okay. You don't Come know. I know. <laughs> Give me a fucking break, man. It's like, 
does anybody in that locker room it's one thing to like be a robot and like read your three by five index cards your stats to your players it's another thing to fucking lie to them to their face oh smart men okay <laughs> They they know they have the Steelers next week, and they know their coach knows it. But you don't have to stay yeah. and fucking lie to them. And then your team posts it on YouTube. I'd have cut that part out. <laughs> oh my lord! I mean, you you said you said the team is not doing him any favors posting his speeches, but Scott, he's not doing himself any favors by making those speeches like that. <laughs> That's so a me- I mean, I appreciate the guys. Listen. I don't think there's anybody that can doubt that this team is playing four quarters of football right now. There's no doubting that. I, and that's the most important part. I mean, whether they're playing, whether Stefanski is, is getting them to do that or whether it's Jim Schwartz and that's getting the team to do that, it doesn't really matter. The point is, is we've got a culture and it's, it, it appears as if we're developing a culture like the Cavs or like the uh, like the Guardians, those teams have cultures that I think these guys have, we've talked about this, that I think they've looked on those teams and maybe said, how can we get that, you know? And, and it, it looks like they're getting there, Scott. It looks like they're finally getting a culture. These guys really are seem to be genuinely invested in each other's success, right? And not just collecting a paycheck. How many how many years and how many seasons have we seen guys come here collecting paychecks? And it seems like these guys genuinely want each other to succeed. And maybe this is the first time in a long time that we've seen this, right? No, I think that's really well put. I think that's that's a lot of that's Jim Schwartz who, I mean, told the guys on defense that if you don't celebrate, it's a loaf. And he wants guys celebrating to support the success of their teammates. And um, that's guys caring about each other. And that, that you know, um, creates a sense of team. I got to tell you my quick uh, story. So, yeah, I was outside listening to the game while raking leaves and getting the yard uh, done and shit and i had a bunch of errands to run so i'm driving around town listening to the game and and around 4 20 ish i got my dogs in the back seat <laughs> i got lydia my daughters in the in the uh, passenger seat and i'm listening to the game and i'm driving around and we've been running errands we're dropping shit off and whatever we're checking shit off our list right and i'm like lydia this is the game man this is the game and it's the field goal right <laughs> <laughs> and the fucking kick goes through and then there's a penalty and i'm like god damn it there's a penalty and i hear zagura you know it's like oh no it's going against it. and i'm like yes yes and i start screaming so i start laying on my horn and i'm just like honking on my daughter's like mortified my daughter's a teenager for the listeners yeah. she's like her dad's being a complete ass and we're ready to pull into the gas station but we're going down the road and i I start laying on my horn. I roll the window down and then Bolt's got his head out the other window because it's down. And I roll my window and I put my fist, I pump my fist and I go, and I'm like, and I'm like yelling and I'm laying on the horn in front of me. In front of me is a car and it's got a sticker. that says student driver. Are you serious? So I got a student driver in front of me. And I'm oh thinking I'm probably scaring the hell out of this poor kid trying to learn to drive a car because I'm like honking the shit out of my horn behind him. But I'm just listening to the Browns. And so my daughter was mortified. 
we pull into the gas station and I kept the shenanigans up. I stood there at the pump and I was like yelling. I'm like, yeah, and I'm yelling them up, pumping my gas and people are just looking at me. <laughs> Did anybody like honk their horn back? Nobody. Give you a fist no, nobody. One. No one. Oh man. No, I'm in the hipster part of West Akron where these people don't even know that professional sports exist. And so, it's so none they, of they them. care they care more about their avocado toast than any yes, pro sport teams. None of them even like paid any mind to the fact that I was going nuts. But and I felt bad because <sighs> I probably freaking mortified that poor student driver. He's like, Why is this man behind me laying on his horn? I mean, he's probably like, just get me the hell out of here right now. I want away from that <laughs> freak as quickly as possible. And, and and your daughter is probably just never going to want to be in the car with you ever again. I imagine, right? I told her, I said, it's supposed to be fun. Um, but I, I got to tell you, but I felt the emotions I felt in the moment for anyone who's listening to this podcast, you know how pessimistic, pessimistic I can be. But in that moment, I mean, I felt like genuine joy and elation at what the Browns had accomplished. And to me, that's which that's why we watch this stupid fucking game, man. It's like yep. it's supposed to be fun at the end of the day. It's so few Sundays as a Browns fan for the last quarter century have been fun. So when you have a game like this, it's like you got to like hit the pause button and just enjoy the absurdity of what happened where you literally did not have a lead in the entire game until you won the game. You know, the, the first lead they took was at the end when it was double zero. <laughs> yes. I don't think that's happened like in the history of pro sports. I don't but having said that though, Rico, like nothing about it was fluky. I mean, Deshaun Watson in the second half was ace and the physicality and the want to with which that they were playing was incredible i mean they were showing like real heart and effort out there absolutely man i mean this is this is you know and i i said it myself uh incorrectly after they beat san francisco or i mentioned a signature win this this is a signature win because this is a game that you went out and you grabbed it and you won the game you won this game they won this game the other team didn't lose the game this team won this game deshaun watson put the offense on his back in the second half and said, we're winning this motherfucking game. And he went out on one leg, like, and you know who I thought of when he was limping around on that one leg, the game against Roth against the Steelers, where in the first half, Roethlisberger had his like foot twisted all the way back 180 degrees. And then he came out in the second half and beat the Browns. Okay. Remember that shit? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I thought of. I thought of Ben Roethlisberger limping around beating the Browns like several years ago. And I'm like, that motherfucker's going to do the same thing Roethlisberger did. He's going to he's gonna be a franchise quarterback, and he's going to win this goddamn game. And he did it, man. And that 16-yard run at the end of the game, limping around, and then he was hurt on the sidelines. And fucking, man, it, it, enjoy. This, is this Scott, this is your signature win. It really is. I, I mean. To- it is. There's no uh there's there aren't any penalty flags that handed you a win. There's no fluky missed field goal. This is you're on the road in a hostile fucking stadium, although oddly peppered with a large number of Browns fans, which I thought was kind of interesting. 
Um, they traveled well this week. They really did because when the game was won, I mean, you heard the cheers were like, holy crap. I mean, this is like a lot of Browns fans in the stadium. But um, but even still, in a place you don't win, an extremely talented Ravens team that's playing really, really well. They beat the snot out of a lot of really good football teams this year. They just beat the Seahawks. They beat the Lions. There's been MVP talk around Lamar Jackson. Harbaugh's been there a hundred fucking years. It's a great program, a great team, probably the best team in the AFC. Uh, you know, Kansas City, notwithstanding, but without question, without debate, one of the best teams in the NFL this year. So you're playing them. They're in your division. They lead your division. You're on the road. You've got injuries everywhere. Obviously, Nick Chubb out for the year. To your point, your offensive line is decimated. Uh, your boy Jones isn't playing. Deshaun Watson coming off an injury in a in a decent game against a crappy football team last year. You don't really you don't really know what you're going to get out of him. And there was just that, was it pro football focus to put out that thing about Ford talking about what a shitty running back he is. And then he goes, it's like he almost saw it because he went out there and he played great. And I don't know his stats. I don't know the numbers. I don't know how PFF is going to grade him, but the eye test says he played great. You know, played his ass off. I think collectively they had like 170 yards rushing or something stupid like that. Yes, Stefanski didn't abandon the run, even though they were way down early in the in the game. He stuck with the run, dude. I mean, it was it was as kind of storybook as a Browns game and a Browns Sunday could be. And it just, to your point, you texted me earlier, the everything is in front of them. The Ravens have to turn around in four days and play on Thursday night against the Bengals, right? The Browns, man, you've got a bad taste in your mouth from that Monday night game in Pittsburgh. They took out Nick Chubb. You should have won that game anyhow. This Steelers team is a paper fucking tiger, and you've got a chance, man. You've it's like you said in your text, it's all in front of them. They it's all in front of them. They can take this goddamn thing if they go out and take care of business. Did you see the the uh um about the Steelers? Did you see the post from Aditi? This is who we're playing next week, Scott. Um, they're six and three, just like, just like the Browns, right? Um, all six of those were comeback wins. All six of them are one score wins. Um, all six in all six of those wins, they were outgained every single one of those wins by the other team. And in all six of those wins, the, the offense has, did not score more than 24 points in a game. And that's who we're playing next week. And there's no fucking reason. Yeah. She closes out that. Uh, tweet on X by saying, um, can we just acknowledge that this is a team that has a knack for gutting out W's, meaning this team yep. being the Steelers? Yep. That's that's Tomlin. That's their coach, you know? Yep. But you know what? Stefanski and, and, and the gang gutted this fucking win out. Just, yep. just like the Steelers have gutted wins out for a very long time. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Let's enjoy this, dude. 
This is this is what we've been waiting for. I'm actually like tonight is the Raiders and the Jets, and I I've actually been watching it and and not wanting to put you know not wanting to turn the TV off. I mean when the when the Browns look like this, I actually enjoy the rest of my day, and that's okay. It's a good thing. We need more of this, right? Well, it's funny because well, for one thing, yes, enjoy it because this team is playing with a Tomlin esque physic physicality that's kind of that's the difference in what you're seeing in my opinion of this browns team versus previous browns teams and today with what deshaun watson was able to do in the second half that's why you made the trade man that's why the trade happened that's the difference people that's what we wanted to see you know we'd have won that opening game in baker's last season here against kansas city if we were able to do anything in the fourth quarter. You know, the fourth quarter is when it matters. And that's what we're seeing Deshaun Watson. I mean, that was Rico. That's the quarterback. When you watch those highlights and watch him playing out, that's the quarterback we traded for. We finally saw it today. In my opinion, this was the first time we really, really saw it. We've seen glimpses before, but this is, we really, really saw it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, has he arrived i mean he looked fucking he he looked like he's earning every bit of that 230 in the second half i want him to continue doing it dude um but but what you were saying before dude there's like over the last several this is why this team is different over the last several games there's been about 15,000 different reasons for them to cash it in this year. They could have, and in previous seasons, they would have cashed it in. The defense would have cashed it in. Everybody would have, various aspects of the team would have cashed it in psychologically or physically or both. But that has not happened this year. In spite of the court, the, the injuries and the no offensive tackles this game and Nick Chubb going out, and uh, there's been a 100,000 different reasons for this team to cash it in, and they haven't, Scott. They've just kept going and kept going, and look where they are. This goes to show you that talent will take you so far, but it's, it's the heart and what you have between the ears, and you've got to believe and you've got to want it, and you can overcome these obstacles, and they're showing this year that they are overcoming the obstacles instead of just letting it overcome you and force you to want to cash in and not care about it anymore that's why this team is different yeah i mean it's it really is i mean i think you had tweeted out earlier about it, it being between the ears on the road you know and that's yeah. that's it really is the case right um, I want to talk a little bit about Odell Beckham and Jadavian yeah. Clowney. It's like this was in a lot of ways like if everybody came away with the result they wanted out of today, it kind of happened because Odell Beckham got his touchdown, right? Jatavian Clowney, didn't he get a sack or two or make a couple? Uh, of, he, I think I, he played, I recall I heard him. He, he, he played well today. Clowney he's, played well today. He's great when motivated, right? That's yeah. his thing. Uh, and he was motivated because it was the Browns. Yep. Clearly, so, he looked motivated today. And then the Browns won the game. So everybody got their flowers. But yeah. <laughs> I got. I just have to rant on this for a minute. Jadavian yep. Clowney had a hell of a first year with us and played really well. And last year, he literally quit on the team. So yep. whatever, dude. I got, I've lost a lot of respect for him. Odell Beckham 
for him that there was a sentiment that he's going to want to show the Browns, you know, like he, like, I don't get that because the Browns literally did everything they could to take care of him in terms of facilitating his exit and ensuring that he, um, that everything was that he ended up in a good destination and the Browns went out of their way to take care of and unnecessarily. So in my opinion, to take care of Odell Beckham. So if, if the idea of this guy had any kind of like a beef against the Browns for what, you know, for fucking what man, you were hurt most of the time you were here. And then whenever you wanted to go and started posting shit videos about her quarterback, the Browns bent over backwards to make sure that you were cared for on your way out the door. So I don't know how he could have any beef against the team whatsoever, but that's, that's a, Man, he, you know, he can't. And, and to take what you said a step further, not only did they do him a solid, but they, they fucking put a, they put a ring on his finger, dude. That's they right. Sent, they sent him to a super bowl winning team and got him a ring. They didn't have to do that. They just, nope. and they, you know what? And they did basically, demonstrated that that wasn't a one-off by they they did dpj solid too they sent him home um he's playing it he's playing in front of his hometown um on a team that could very easily go to the super bowl this year yep they're a great jared goff is out of his mind this year so the browns are, are have demonstrated that they're doing they're they're trying to accommodate the people that don't want to be here because it looks good on them so i agree with you man i don't see how obj wants to throw up the tyree kill peace sign as he's running down the field and there's no beef they helped right. him out they put a they put a ring on his finger by sending him to la right so he, he, should, be, he, he, he should be he should be thanking andrew barry that's you're goddamn right. He should go into the press conference and say, you know, thankful for my time in Cleveland. Thank you for Andrew Barry, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, suck him off. I mean, that's what he should basically do in his uh, press <laughs> conference. But instead, it's going to be, you know, I had to show them. It's like that kind of idea. I don't I just don't get it. I mean, uh, it's just because it keeps him relevant. And, and his name is he's, you know, his whole career is, has been made on that one catch. I mean, he's he he had one or two good years in in New York, and he's been hurt ever since. And he's been riding that one-handed catch his entire career. Um, and he he's gotta he's gotta keep himself relevant because he can't do it on the field anymore. He gets he he you know blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while, and he got his nut today. Um, and so he's got to make it extra special so that he can you know keep his name in people's minds. So whatever, dude, that's fine. He's still lost. So enjoy. Uh, let me put you on the spot then. You have any game balls that you want to give out? Game. Uh, yeah, de- defense. Um, uh, Miles Garrett, obviously, but I'm going to keep him out of it. Uh, defensively, uh, um, um, Greg Newsom, pick six. Yeah. First Greg one Newsom of his career, the- and it was probably yeah, the dude. most important one. <laughs> yeah. Um, pick six for Greg Newsom. Offensively, you know, D four Deshaun put the put the offense on his back the second half. Fourteen for fourteen, did did what a franchise quarterback is supposed yes. to do, and you, he went out and won the game. Yeah, uh, special teams D hop man, D hop D hop for not letting that missed um, extra, extra point, point get in his head, yep. and he came out and won the game. So yep. there's my three game balls. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's, it's, you know, Elijah Moore got in the end zone. Kareem yep. Hunt got in the end zone. I mean, it's, um, 
Yeah, I'm going to give a game ball to Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's um, I think it's I think we saw today the difference that his presence and and why you would go out and try to get a quarterback of his ability. We haven't seen that ability enough yet, but if it's coming back and he's getting comfortable and the quote unquote rust of which Kyler Murray didn't have any today after 300 days off. (laughs) um, No, he certainly didn't. That's for sure. But if uh, you know, the um, whatever the circumstances are with Deshaun Watson, all will be forgiven. If the play continues in this direction, he'll find himself embraced by Cleveland. So, um, so yeah, he's going to get my game ball. Um, Gosh, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to Newsom. I mean, we he he wore the zero. I made fun of him for it. It was about the picks, but he got his pick at like the best. His pick six at like the best time. To po- you couldn't have written it any. It really is a storybook game if you think about it. Um, and then yeah, yeah then yeah, D Hop for hitting the game winner and overcoming the missed uh, extra point. But, um. Gosh, what a season. It could be so different if we didn't make that trade of Katie York. Jesus, I know. God. <laughs> All right, I have let a me... theory, man. Uh, real quick, I have a quick theory. Um, So – about why they started slow today i've I've been thinking about this all day i just and and i i people may may overthink it and try to really overanalyze it but i just think dude it's as simple as maybe maybe the you know gosh how much i think maybe the moment was just they were just feeling the moment it's an away game in baltimore against the best team in the one of the best teams in the fc against an mvp candidate and i just think they were just feeling the moment a little too much and and maybe it took maybe it took a little bit to just wash that away maybe it took that cedric tillman block maybe it took getting in the end zone i don't know but i just i just think it's as simple as the moment was just they were feeling the moment a little too much and and they just couldn't put it in there. They just couldn't put it away until the second quarter. But here's the thing, actually winning in that big moment is going to make the next moment less intimidating. And maybe then they can come out and hit it a little harder because this Steelers game, I think revenge is going to be on their mind. And I think the difference is this team, now that they've done it, they're going to believe in themselves a little more Yep. Real, (laughs) real quick. Uh, can you give a prediction for next week? What's going to happen? Yeah, right now, right now the Browns are four point favorites, and uh, I feel like they're if if they're not motivated as hell after week two and and today. If you combine week two and today, if they can't get up for and it's a home game, if they can't get up for this game, then they got no business worrying about winning records or playoffs so i'm predicting a comfortable victory against pittsburgh next week wow. what about you yeah i, 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 I gotta go reverse psychology i'm gonna predict doom i'm gonna be consistent <laughs> with what i predicted last week just to, because of superstition and i'm gonna yeah. predict like locusts and plague and doom and gloom so yeah our total armageddon is gonna descend upon cleveland brown <laughs> stadium and it's gonna be all bad and then we're going to be back on full red alert. Fire Stefanski yes. on Monday after the yes. Pittsburgh game. Ad Vacillate gotta, wildly. Got to be consistent. Good job. All right, I gang. Can that. Go Browns. Go Browns. Oh
Cleveland Browns all day, all night. Ever wonder if rock and roll is dead? Does the music we grew up loving align with modern sensibilities? Or should it be relegated to the dustbin of regrettable rock history? My name is Scott. And this is Rico. We are your rock and roll pathologists. Join us as we take your favorite songs and put them under the knife every week on Rock and Roll Autopsy. New episodes every Sunday at midnight, wherever you stream your podcasts. The Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast.